Good morning, Embrace. Welcome to church. Nice to see you all this morning. I'm Laban. I'm the worship leader here. We've got some folks here. We're going to play some music. We're going to sing together. Uh, I invite you to, to stand with us. We're going to start by singing an old, old song, Holy, Holy, Holy. This song's been around for like over 200 years. I think it's pretty cool that people that were in a different time than us, maybe a lot different than us, we're singing early in the morning, our song shall rise to thee. So uh, let's, uh, let's stand and, and sing this together.
blessed Trinity.
today. Good morning. My name is John, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and just want to say welcome to each and every one of you. Um, I'm so grateful to be together today. Thank you to our worship team for leading us in some wonderful music this morning. 
Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to just spend a few moments uh, greeting one another in our special way that we've been doing for a while now, where we just form groups of maybe four or five people, three or four or five, just people right around you. If you see someone off by themselves, invite them over or go to them. Um, but introduce yourself. And then also um, we share our gratitude, and then we also share content. And so gratitude is just something that you're grateful for, something that you're feeling good about this morning. Um, lament would be if there's something that you want to share that's not so good, something that um, is upsetting you or something in, your world, in the world that you're seeing that's not quite right, and you just want to speak that out, you're welcome to share a lament also, but no pressure. Um, so um, after someone's finished sharing, you can just thank them for sharing and make sure everybody has a chance. For those introverts in the room, I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable. Um, I am an introvert as well, and I never liked these kinds of forced uh, interactions. But um, now that I'm leading, I just make other people do it. Uh, but I do think it's good uh, because often sometimes we can come to church and not really speak to anybody or share with one another. And so we want to give you all a chance just to meet a couple of people and hopefully that'll help. Next time, if you're a visitor, come and you'll know some folks and you'll feel a little more comfortable. So um, y'all can have a seat and just find some folks around you, share for a few moments. Those of you online, I'd love for, uh, for you to share some things as well. And I'll come back and highlight some of those after we're done.
All right, if you want to take about a minute or so and start wrapping up, that would be great. Make sure if someone hasn't shared, you give them a chance to share. All right, if y'all want to bring it back up this way, that would be great. I love the energy in the room. This is great. I would love to uh, read... I've got to turn my phone, phone volume down here. I heard my echo coming from the device. That's awkward. Um, I want to read from Psalm 8. It's our psalm for this morning from the lectionary text. So Psalm 8 reads, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The line that was sticking out to me this morning is it says, through the praise of children and infants. And uh, this morning we have lots of kids here. We had some dancing uh, going on here in the front this morning that uh, uh, some online folks were commenting that they love to see. But God is, God is here and, and God is um, among us. And I think this idea that God is so powerful and big and majestic and wonderful, yet at the same time, God cares about us, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to understand. Um, and sometimes all I can do is just say, thank you, Lord, for seeing me, and for caring for me, and even when I certainly don't deserve it. Um, I'd love to highlight just a few things folks are sharing online since we have a little, we don't have too much extra going on today, so I've got a few extra moments to do that. Um, Sonda said, I love the little girl with the spirit in her, dancing in front of the church. Um, my, my dad, um, Greg, my mom and dad are, are participating from Tennessee uh, with my grandmother this morning. But he says, please pray for John's grandmother, Martha, who turns 90 in two weeks. She is in declining health from dementia. Yep, keep her in your prayers. Um, Ruth Stewart has got gratitude that God has never left her. He is a God of his word. He is my rock and my salvation. Thank you, Ruth, for sharing. Um, I, I shared I'm grateful for some good time I got to spend with Kai this weekend, and I'm also just lamenting the gun violence um, continues to just tear apart communities and the seeming uh, lack of resolve from people in power to do anything about it. 
Um, Rob Durham is grateful for time with Ben, Sarah, and Issa, uh, lamenting many cruelties that continue to be done in the name of Jesus. Pastor Tanya is sharing gratitude for my children who are still at an age where they are starting to verbalize when they need me to stay close like I am this morning. Lamenting all the loss many of you are experiencing, particularly those who are caregivers. Our prayer team has received many prayer requests over the past two days. Uh, Caleb is, uh, Posey is grateful to be moving back to Lex soon, and we are grateful for that as well, Caleb, um, and being closer to the Embrace family, uh, thinking of Rick and Stephanie this morning and praying for his recovery. Yeah, Rick uh, Reams, one of our, uh, he's one of our pastors here at the church, even though he's not technically on staff, but he helps provide a lot of leadership for Monday nights, and he also preaches here on Sundays sometimes as well. Um, he underwent surgery about a week and a half ago. Um, to take care of some issues he was having in his intestines, and, and it was a success. However, there was some internal bleeding, some different things that were going on, so he had to have another surgery um, just a few days ago, and he was in the ICU for a couple of days just to give him time to kind of settle in, but the doctors are very optimistic, and they took him off the ventilator, I believe yesterday or this morning, I'm not 100% sure, and he is uh, doing, um, starting to improve, and they're very optimistic. So continue to keep Rick and his wife Stephanie, um, and his family, and your prayers. Um, Kalia is grateful for this past week at Aldersgate uh, with Common Good and the Embrace Youth, and we're so grateful you went with them, Kalia, and we've got some of our, at least one back there, Christian's here, and some of our leaders are here as well who got to spend time at camp last week. Um, you can also keep Pastor Christina and her family in your prayers. Her grandmother passed away um, just a, a few days ago, um, right at the start of camp, um, and so they're uh, working out arrangements and all that as well, and so she's not here with us today, um, so you can keep her in prayer, your prayers also. There's lots of stuff going on, lots of heavy stuff, lots of really challenging things, so, you know, the Bible talks about how we need to bear one another's burdens, and this is a season where we really need to come alongside each other. One thing Rick shared, I'll just say this briefly, when he was in the hospital, um, you know, before he had his surgery about a month ago, he had to go into the hospital to look at the issues he was having. And he was just blown away by the amount of people from Embrace that reached out to him and Stephanie. And, and they said there were people they didn't even really know that were calling them and texting them and, and sending things to them. And they just felt so much love and support from the Embrace family. And so uh, we, are, we are the church and we care for one another. And so, yeah, and there is a meal train uh, that uh, Laura Pace has put together. And so that was, Tom posted that to Embrace Church community page, and so that'll be a way to help um, Rick and Stephanie um, as they navigate this, you know, probably pretty long season of, of recovery and him getting back on his feet. So um, if anything ever comes up and y'all need support, we have a care team at our church, and you can reach out to Rachel in the office, and she'll put you in touch with them. So if you need support, you need you got family members, you need folks that need someone to go visit them or just to care for them, we would love to do that. Um, and we also have a prayer team as well, as Tanya has mentioned in, in the comments online. Prayer at EmbraceYourCity.com is our email address. You can also just reach out to any of us. Um, I want to share just a few quick announcements with you. Um, you know, the announcements may be a time you kind of check out, but this is like stuff about our community that's important. And so I encourage you all to lock in and also read through the announcement handout as well. Um, if you um, can fill out these Connect cards, they're in, the they're in your pews now. They're bright and colorful. They're real fun. Y'all can fill those out. I would love that, particularly if you're visiting with us. Definitely would love if you could fill one of these out. You can put it in the box right there by the door or the box in the back of the room. 
Um, if you'd like to give an offering this morning, a, a financial gift, then you can do that in those boxes as well, or at EmbraceYourCity.com. You can find the information there about how to give online. Um, also, um, I encourage, like I said, to read through the announcement handout. I just want to highlight a couple of these. Um, our Bible classes, that we, the second round of them, which is focusing more on history, um, has just started this morning. Jackie Jay, I'm sure, led a wonderful class downstairs. I heard there was a lot of history. So if you're into that kind of thing, then I'm sure uh, then you will enjoy it. We're recording those, and so the plan is to share those so that if you couldn't make it this morning, you can go back and watch it. And so we will have two more, one next Sunday and the one after. They start at 9 o'clock downstairs in our fellowship hall. We're also offering a Zoom option if you would like to watch um, on Zoom and participate in the chat uh, while that happens on Zoom. We also um, are going to be offering the Wonder Room this summer for June and July. We will take August off to prepare for the fall, but this is the first time in a while we've been able to offer it for June and July. We're really excited about it, so we do have Wonder Room this morning, which is exciting. That is always available for children who are four years old all the way up through fifth grade. And so if your child falls into that kind of category of ages and grades, then they're welcome to join uh, the leaders for their own time of learning in the Wonder Room, and I'll dismiss them in just a few moments. If you have any questions about it or are interested in um, checking it out, then you can just take your child and follow them up there just to see where they're at and introduce yourself to the leaders. That would be more than appropriate to do that. Also, the summer youth group uh, schedule is going to be a little bit different. We have a youth group for grades 6 through 12, and so that will be meeting this summer. And we're actually going to change the time for the summer. We always do this to accommodate common goods schedule, um, but we meet from 5 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights here at the church. Um, Christina is going to be heading out on sabbatical here soon, which is really exciting. We'll say more about that on Sunday, uh, but she's going to be gone for about a month this summer to have some time of rest, um, reconnection with God, with herself and her family, and I'm really excited that she gets to do that. Um, so I will be providing some leadership for youth group this summer also with the wonderful youth ministry team. So if you have any questions about that, just let me know. And then finally, I want to say that um, Common Good is still in need of mentors. Katie, how many do we need? Do you know? 22. We made a dent. That's great. All right. So that's still a lot, though. So they still need 22 mentors to help with the summer program. It starts tomorrow, and it runs for six weeks. You would commit to one afternoon uh, per week. You can do more than one afternoon, but at least one afternoon, it runs from one to five. So if your schedule allows for that, you don't have to have special skills to be a part of this, just a love for students, a willingness to jump in and get involved. And so if you would like more information, uh, Katie, can you raise your hand? Katie's in the back. Grayson's back there as well. He can give you information too. Um, talk to them. Talk to me if you'd like, and I can point you in the right direction. But if you can commit to helping with their summer program, that would be great. It's just six times you have to be there over the summer. That is all the announcements I have for today, unless I've forgotten anything. Um, if I did, then just yell at me. Um, but uh, if that's it, then I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our kids for the Wonder Room. So let's give our kids a hand as they come forward. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song before I share a word with you in just a moment.
love to uh, just lead us in a, a time of prayer. If you could bow your heads and your hearts.
You know, there often aren't good answers for why there's so much pain and suffering around us. There aren't good answers for the, to explain the struggles and the hardships in this life and the just terrible tragedies that we all face, that our communities have, have been facing, seems like every day, um, for a long, long time. But I do believe the, the promise that God is with us through it all. And so even when things don't make sense, I often find comfort and rest and peace and the truth that God is with us in the midst of the suffering that we experience and the pain that we experience. one of the most fundamental truths of the, about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is with us, walks with us, falls down beside us, and is with us through it all. I encourage you just to take some breaths this morning. Be reminded of God's presence that spirit that lives inside of each and every one of you, that is giving life to your body, to your brain, to your, to your soul, each and every moment of the day. God is with you. And God is here among us this morning. Lord, we come to you today. We just thank you for being our perfect parent, our father and our mother, the one that we can call upon, the one that we can trust, the one that we know that will be there for us regardless of how stupid we are sometimes, the one who is always waiting to welcome us back home when we go and wander off down our own path. The one who is whispering to us each and every moment, it's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm going to be with you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Son, the one who came and, and walked among us. We thank you, Lord, that you did not just sit up in heaven, that, that you came and, and you walked among us and you went through every kind of joy and struggle that this world could offer, and, and Lord, I thank you that you even endured the worst of humanity, that, that even you were willing to go through the most evil and heinous form of execution because you love us that much. And we thank you, Lord, that you rose and overcome, overcame sin and death, and Lord, we also thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the advocate, the one who walks with us. We thank you that you did not leave us as orphans, but you are still with us even though you ascended up into heaven. And you are with us while we wait, as we sang just a few moments ago. Lord, I pray that you would be with us this morning. Help us to feel your presence. And Lord, I pray that today that you would help us to discern. Help us to hear some wisdom and some insight from you, Lord. 
about how we can partner with you in your work that you are doing here in this world each and every moment of the day. Help us to have eyes to hear or see and ears to hear and a spirit to discern what your Holy Spirit is up to in our community and help us, Lord, to have the courage to get on board and to join up with the work that you're already doing all around to see people changed, to see communities more whole, and to see lives restored. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week, at the end of our service, we did a little activity together. So for those that were here uh, with us on Pentecost, it was a great Sunday. I was just uh, lamenting that, you know, we decorated our sanctuary with these red banners. It looked really cool, and then Pentecost is over, and we have to take it all down. It's kind of annoying. But we have cool green ones now for ordinary times. So, uh, so yeah, we uh, celebrated Pentecost last week, and one of the things that we did during our service is each of us had a little piece of paper, and we wrote down our hopes and dreams of how we might partner with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's work um, in our church and community in the next year. So how are we going to join up with the Spirit to do meaningful work in our community in this next year? And so you all uh, wrote down things, and you came and you put them on the cross, and it, it kind of made an image of the cross being consumed in flames. Uh, this was uh, Felice's idea, and I thought it was just great, and it was a beautiful representation of the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit might be able to do um, in us and in our community. I went through and I, I read through them, and I was just really encouraged by, by the things that you all wrote down. I want to mention some recurring themes that I noticed. I would say the most predominant theme that, that I saw was that many of you were really just hoping and dreaming that we could work with others to make a positive impact on gun violence in our community. And I'm not surprised that's on your all's hearts. It's on my heart as well. It's one of those things that is just breaking my heart. I know yesterday there were many marches all across the nation and, and perhaps even across the world uh, standing up to say, hey, we've got to do something about this. And, and so I'm excited and, and looking forward to dreaming together about what we might be able to do as a congregation. Some other things that you all shared, that, that we would become a no, more diverse congregation um, with genuine love and connection across divides. I think that, that if you are like me, I, I've just really been lamenting kind of the way that society just is so fractured and fragmented and everyone is just kind of in their own camps and we don't talk to one another. We're not working across divides very well and churches are no different. They're splitting over all sorts of issues um, right now and, and embrace. I know many of you all are hoping we can do something different at our church and I really hope that for that as well. Another, some other things you all shared, that we would have closer and more vulnerable community within our church, that we would truly know one another and be able to walk with one another and know what's going on in our lives, that our church would become even more inclusive and more welcoming of everyone, that embrace would be more visible out in our broader Lexington community. I was pleasantly surprised, many of you all put this down, that you really see what we do here is really important and I think for many of you all, you're hoping we can get out in the community more and be more visible, allowing kind of our unique witness and our unique identity uh, to make an impact. And, and as I read through your all's hopes and dreams for the Spirit's work in our church and community, I, I have to say I was encouraged by what you all shared. And I wasn't 
I was encouraged by, I thought they were great, hopes and dreams, but that's not really the deeper reason why I was encouraged. The main reason I was encouraged is because your hopes and dreams for the Spirit's work sounded a lot like Jesus. Um, It looked a lot like Jesus. As I read through all of them, I'm like, oh, Jesus would be excited about this and would do this kind of stuff. And this is good news because if it didn't sound like Jesus, then I don't think the Spirit would have anything to do with those hopes and dreams, just to be honest. Because the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. I want to read our text for this morning. It's John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. And we're going back again to this farewell discourse, these last kind of moments Jesus shared with his disciples. Over the last few weeks, we've kind of gone in and out of some of these verses in the farewell discourse. And here's what Jesus says. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. He'd already said a lot before that, so he's got more, he said, but you cannot bear it now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will be, what he will make known to you. Now there's a lot going on in just these few verses and we're not going to get into all of it. But what I want you to focus in on this morning is that the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. These words come from the farewell discourse, as I said, these final words that Jesus shared with his disciples before he was arrested and taken off to his unjust trial and then his execution on the cross. And his disciples, you need to understand, during these, these chapters of John, these disciples were very worried, they were very anxious, they were very afraid, things had gotten very dangerous for them and for their community. Jesus was talking about leaving them, he was talking about hard things to come, and they were getting very anxious and afraid. And Jesus told them that he was going to leave them, but he promised them that he wouldn't leave them alone. He said he would send them the Spirit, the Advocate, or the Paraclete in Greek. In these verses, we learn that the Spirit is all about Jesus. In verse 14, Jesus says that the Spirit will glorify Him. The Spirit will glorify Jesus. Now, when we, I think of glorify, I think of like giving praise and honor. And that's part of what that means. But in the Gospel of John, to glorify means to make visible. All right? To glorify means to make visible. And so part of the Spirit's job is to make Jesus visible. So even though Jesus is going to leave his disciples, he assures them that they will still be able to see him, to experience him, to learn from him through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is glorifying Jesus, making Jesus visible, allowing us to see the work of Jesus around us. The Spirit is always pointing to Jesus. The Spirit is all about Jesus. 
You know, as Christians, uh, we sing songs about this. It's all about you, Jesus. We often say that we are all about Jesus. But I think the reality is that more often than not, maybe we are all about ourselves. <laughs> Growing up, uh, one of my favorite movies was the Disney film Aladdin. Y'all know this movie? I, I love Aladdin. Uh, the remake of it with real actors was kind of strange. I didn't like that too much. Um, but I imagine many of you all know the basic premise of Aladdin. But let me give you just a really short synopsis. Aladdin and his pet monkey, Abu, find a lamp in the hidden cave of wonders. And this lamp is unlike any other, for Aladdin rubs the lamp and discovers a genie who can give him three wishes. Now, I loved this movie as a child, I think because... I loved the idea or the possibility of finding some kind of genie who could grant me wishes, right? That's like all of our dreams, right? We get three wishes. I would always think, what would be my three wishes that I would give? And try to scam the system, you know, to get more wishes, you know. But there are rules about this. You can't do that. Um, but I love the idea that a genie could give me all that I ever wanted and desired. And apparently a lot of other people are really excited about this idea because Aladdin was wildly popular and successful, made lots of money, and this plot line of finding a genie who grants wishes has been used many times over. The idea of finding a genie hidden in a lamp that exists to give you all your heart's desires fits really nicely in America, doesn't it? <laughs> in our culture that is so self-obsessed, that is so all about me, you can have anything you want, you can be anything you want. You can achieve all your dreams and do anything you want. It's all about you. Now, I think some of this idea of individualism has been helpful, but I think much of it has been very hurtful to humanity and to the church. Um, our churches have been infiltrated by this American ideal of individualism, personal success, personal prosperity. You know, when I was in college, this is kind of an extreme example, but but, but this idea is all over the place. When I was in college, my roommate and I uh, were up late watching TV one night. This is what you did before smartphones, I think. You just stayed up and watched TV. And late at night, there's not really anything on. And so we were watching an infomercial, uh, which was really exciting. This televangelist came on, and he was trying to get folks to support his ministry. And one way to get the his kind of foot in the door was to try to get you to sign up for his mailing list. And so if you did what he said, if you sign up for my mailing list, you call the number on the screen, I'm going to send you a green prosperity handkerchief in the mail. And so it's a, a handkerchief. It's supposed to give you prosperity. And so according to the man on television, he's going to pray over these handkerchiefs before he sends them to you. And, and then he's going to send it. And if you pray with it in your hand, then you can have prosperity. You can have healing. You can have miracles in your life, all sorts of wonderful things. On his website, he has a frequently asked question kind of page. And one of the frequently asked questions, apparently, uh, he probably made this up, but it is, why is the, the prayer handkerchief green? Well, he says that green represents renewal and prosperity. In the spring, plants come to life and sprout green leaves. In the United States, green is the color of money and prosperity. Now, if only the poor and suffering all over the world could get their hands on one of these green prayer handkerchiefs, right? Then green U.S. dollars would start raining down on them and their, all their problems would melt away, right? <laughs> we know that sounds kind of absurd. This dude just wants to make money, increase his fortune and fame, 
And therefore, he has misinterpreted and used Scripture to support this agenda that he has. You know, I remember a few years ago, this was really, this has happened time and time again by, by everyone on every side of the political aisle. But I remember a few years ago, Jeff Sessions, he was the attorney general at the time. He wanted to keep immigrants out of our nation, and so he actually used the Bible to support what he was wanting to do. And he misinterpreted and used Scripture to support hurtful and harsh treatment of immigrants. Slaveholders, we know this story, I talked about it last week, have continued to want to build their fortunes on free labor. And so they misinterpreted and used Scripture to support that agenda. Church leaders want to have churches that are full of people. So often they water down the message so people feel comfortable in their seats, misinterpret and use Scripture to support that agenda of having big old churches full of people. Pastors are often consumed by power and lust and greed. And so they use lots of God talk and spirit talk to manipulate people, manipulate their parishioners in oppressive and abusive ways. And we've seen this play out in just tragic in awful ways, time and time and time again. And many of you all in this room may be victims yourself of harsh treatment or manipulative kind of talk coming from people who claim to be uh, speaking on behalf of God. People want to make a lot of money and they don't want to share their money. (laughs) And so they ignore and explain away the dozens and dozens and dozens of words straight from Jesus' mouth about money and about wealth. Misinterpret, use scripture to support their own agendas. You know, often sometimes people don't want to work on their personal problems. They claim to be prophetic and they scream at everybody and they misinterpret and use scripture to support their agenda and what they want. And and I'm guilty of this in my own life, of doing all sorts of things to, to use God talk to kind of push forward personal agendas that I have in my own life. You know, uh, we have a knack for wanting God to bless our agendas <laughs> instead of trying to get on board with God's agenda. We make plans, but God already has a plan, and it's a very beautiful plan. It's a plan that we would do well to get on board with. Um, In in Drake's uh, music video for his song, God's Plan, uh, he he films himself kind of giving money and cars and scholarships away to people. And and so he's giving all this stuff away, all his fame, and he's just trying to bless people. And in a sense, I think what he might be communicating in this video is that his plan of building fame and fortune for himself is maybe not God's plan. Maybe God's plan is more about sharing and giving that and blessing other people. Perhaps at that moment, maybe he was beginning to see some glimpses that maybe there was more to life than just building up yourself. God's plan is better than that. In the fourth century, a long time ago, uh, many, many, many years ago, Constantine thought Jesus was going to have his back and help him build his empire. And so he made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. He put crosses on swords and shields and slaughtered people in the name of Jesus. Today, our political leaders are no different. Republicans and Democrats and everyone else use lots and lots of God talk and Bible talk to justify drone strikes, abusive policies, and unhinged pursuit of wealth and power. Using Scripture, God talk, church, to justify actions that in fact look nothing like Jesus. There's a disconnect there, right? The Holy Spirit has a mission in this world, and it's actually, I think, very simple. The Spirit's very mission-focused. The Spirit is always pointing people to Jesus. 
So the Spirit, part of what the Spirit's doing in this world is the Spirit exists to empower Christians to continue the work of Jesus in this world. It's very simple. But if we can get that in our minds, you know, that's what the Spirit is about, to continue the ministry of Jesus, then it'll be a lot easier for us to discern where the Spirit's moving and where the Spirit isn't moving around us. And we can choose to go our own path, or we can choose to join the Spirit in the Spirit's mission, or we can work against the Spirit and pursue our own agenda and mission in the world. You know, we tend to think of the Holy Spirit like electricity, that we can just plug into the wall, you know, plug, our, plug right into the wall and just use the electricity for whatever we see fit, because that's how it works. So these amps, we plug them in, we turn them on, and they make sound. But the Spirit is not like that. The Spirit is not there to be manipulated or to be used for selfish gain. The Spirit has a mission already, and we can join the Spirit in the Spirit's mission. The Holy Spirit is not a power to be used, but a power that uses us. And there is a distinction there. That often much talk of the Spirit is just, oh, the Spirit's going to bless me in whatever I want to do. But the Spirit already has a mission, and the Spirit is working, and we can join up and allow that power to use us in ways that God intends. The Holy Spirit has a mission. It's about God's plan, not our plan. And God's plan is rooted in the ministry and work of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what God's plan is, it's rooted in the ministry and work of Jesus Christ. And so the first place to start, if you want to know what God's all about, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right, The four Gospels start there, Read about what Jesus taught, read about what he did, look at the way he lived his life. The Spirit's primary purpose is to continue what Jesus started through us, through his hands and feet, as the Bible talks about, right, in our world today. It's not as complicated as we make it out to be sometimes. That is what the Holy Spirit is all about. That's why uh, Reverend Barber, I, I love this man, he is leading a new poor people's campaign and they have a huge kind of march in, in D.C. on Saturday coming up soon, and I really wish I could go. Diane, are you going this year? I uh, can't go, uh, but I wish I was going to be there. Yeah, but it, it, he's leading this poor people's campaign to really bring together all sorts of people across our nation to really try to, to work for a society here in America that is, that is more peaceable, where everybody is taken care of, where everybody's included, where everybody has enough. And he's doing it because the poor were an integral part of Jesus' ministry. Jesus led a poor people's campaign. And so now when folks are working with the poor, it's Holy Spirit work. Because the Holy Spirit is all about continuing the work of Jesus. Pastor Tanya, who can't be with us in person this morning, she works with young mothers at Step by Step. And this is Jesus' ministry happening today. Because Jesus consistently reached out to women. And so if it looks like Jesus, then it is Holy Spirit power. Common good is loving on children and families. Empowering young people to lead in the transformation of their communities. This is Jesus' work continuing today. Jesus reached out to families. He called young disciples. He equipped and empowered them to do His work. Looks like Jesus? Well, it's Holy Spirit power. Neighbors Immigration Clinic, you heard from Jesus last week is coming alongside our immigrant neighbors, providing legal services, support, advocacy. Jesus consistently reached across boundaries, welcomed the stranger, advocated for the oppressed. 
It looks like Jesus. It's Holy Spirit power. We could go on and on and on. If you want to know where the Spirit's working, look for places where people are doing work that looks like Jesus and join up with them. The Holy Spirit has a mission to empower Christians to continue the work of Jesus in this world. It's about God's plan, not our plan. You know, the Holy Spirit is described as wind in many places throughout the Bible. And I love this image of wind because the wind blows where the wind wishes, right? We, we can't control where the wind's going to blow as much as we try. However, though, we can tap into the wind's power, can't we? And we can get in line with where the wind's blowing and pretty miraculous and powerful things can happen. But we often treat the Christian life kind of like we're in a rowboat and we're trying really hard to steer the boat in the direction we want it to go with all our power, with all our might. But how often does that just result in failure? Going against the wind. Instead, the Christian life, I think, ought to look more like a sailboat where the wind is blowing and we can get moving, but we got to tap into the wind's power. And once we do, it's not about us. It's about the wind that is moving us. You know, to be honest, I think one of the main reasons we fail to experience the Spirit's power in our lives is because we're not willing to move. We want everything to stay the same. We don't want to take risk. We don't want to make changes. We don't want our churches to change. We don't want to listen to the Spirit. As Pope Francis said, the Holy Spirit bothers us because the Spirit asks us to move. And so if we want the Spirit's power in our lives, which I do, then, you know, I used to think if I want the Spirit's power, my sole purpose was just to pray really hard for it. And I think that's part of it. Prayer is part of it. But I think we also need to be willing to follow where the Spirit leads. We need to open our eyes and not just close our eyes asking for the Spirit to bless us and whatever we want. But we need to open our eyes and look around and see where the wind is blowing. Where are we seeing Jesus' work happening? And how can we join up with what God is doing already all around us. And if we want the Spirit's power, the Spirit may ask us to do things we don't want to do. The Spirit may lead you down a downward path. <laughs> we don't talk about that too much, you know. And, I, and even in, in denominations and Christian churches, it's like, as a pastor, it's like, you say, well, if you're here, then if you move to this church, you've got to go up in salary to this place, you know. And we can't ever make you go down, you know. And this is the way America, this is the way we think, Right? The Spirit may call you to go on a downward path. Shane Claiborne once said that, you know, be careful when you're climbing the ladder of success because you might pass Jesus on his way down. <laughs> and and you got to be careful because, you know, you might fall off. Uh, and so you need to watch out because the Spirit may call you to a downward path. The Spirit may lead you to change something about your life. The Spirit may lead you to take your faith out into the public, as we talked about last week. The Spirit could lead you even to a city council meeting or to a protest or who knows. The Spirit may lead you to do something that the world may see as radical. You know, I think perhaps we've been asking the wrong kinds of questions. Maybe you've been asking, how can the Holy Spirit help me in my life? Or how can the Spirit help me reach my goals? And instead, I want to offer some questions that may be a bit more helpful. How can the Holy Spirit help me live more like Jesus? Might be a good question to ask. Where do I see people doing gospel work? When I say gospel work, work that looks like Jesus. Not just because people talk about Jesus. A lot of people talk about Jesus. But work that actually looks like Jesus. 
Where do I see the ministry of Jesus happening today? And how can I join up with what they're doing? I've given you some wonderful examples this morning of ministries and groups that are doing amazing work. Where is the Holy Spirit moving me? What about my life and my plans look different than Jesus' life and Jesus' plans? And how can the Holy Spirit help change that? These are some questions that you could wrestle with. How do we experience the power of the Spirit? Well, I was thinking about that song by Bob Dylan that maybe he was onto something. That the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. <laughs> the answer is blowing in the wind. That the Spirit is moving. We need to pay attention to where the Spirit's moving. Two years ago, um, you know, the video of what happened to George Floyd, his tragic murder, came out shortly before Pentecost Sunday when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. On my computer, I have my original Pentecost sermon, and then I have the alternate version, which we actually, uh, I preached that Sunday morning. And one thing that, that I just really felt God leading me um, and speaking to me um, on that weekend was that, you know, if we want Holy Spirit power, we've got to see where the Spirit's moving. And one of the things that we've got to do, particularly as a church that's predominantly white, <laughs> is we've got to join up with our black and brown brothers and sisters who are working for freedom and, and liberation and working for equity and, and the Spirit's moving in those communities in radical ways. And we're often not seeing it <laughs> because we're not willing to join up with what they're doing and following their lead. And I've really felt that strongly in that moment. And I've continued to be thinking about this and trying to incorporate things more into my life so that I can join up where the wind is blowing already, where the Spirit is moving. And I promise you that if you do that, you're going to experience more Holy Spirit power in your life because the Spirit is mission-focused. And the Holy Spirit's mission is to continue the work of Jesus. And so are you willing to get in line and follow where the Spirit leads? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning. and You know, I love taking communion, particularly in the midst of just really hard times. You know, I know some of you may just be like, man, I just want to show up to church and forget about all the suffering in the world. And I'm sorry, embrace it and going to be that church for you. You know, every now and then maybe we can do that. But, you know, this is life and death stuff that we're dealing with. You know, our society, our world is marching towards its own death. And, you know, I feel like at times I was talking to a friend of mine, Dustin and I were talking, sometimes it feels like we're living in a death cult where we're just obsessed with death, you know. And... And we've got to continue to talk about this stuff and figure out where is Jesus? Where is the Spirit working in all this? And what is the alternate vision? <laughs> you know, the Bible, I think, ultimately declares that another world is possible. <laughs> that it doesn't have to be this way. And, and as a church, we can join together and join up with others and, and be a source of light in the midst of really, really dark times. And, and our world is going to continue, our society, the they're going to continue to try to distract us and convince us that things aren't bad. They're not as bad as they look. There's a lot of weapons of mass distraction being used at all times, <laughs> um, trying to distract us and keep us just pacified. But the Spirit is here to empower us to move and to change and to work um, for, for a better world. And, and it's times like this where we've got to get more serious. It's not times like this where we just need to check out. We've got to get serious. And, and for, for some of us, like, we can tune it out because we are very comfortable and we live privileged lives and some of the suffering doesn't even affect us. 
And if that's you, then you need to figure out how you're going to come alongside and, and accompany others who are suffering and show true compassion where we suffer alongside others. Because the vast majority of the world can't just tune out the world's problems because they're facing those problems every single moment of the day. And so like I said uh, a week or two ago, you know, sometimes we talk about things that, that maybe you're like, I don't know if we want to talk about that in church, but we have to. This is life or death. And Jesus has a vision for us of a world where there is shalom, where there is wholeness, where there is peace, where there is equity, where everybody has enough. That's the world that, that Dr. King was talking about when he talked about the beloved community. And that's the world that we as a church got to continue to work together uh, to, to find and, and to, to see and to witness. And the Spirit is moving and can empower us to do that. And the Spirit is all about Jesus. And so we share communion to remind ourselves what God is ultimately about. The fullness of God dwelled in Jesus Christ. It says in the Scriptures that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And the Spirit is making Jesus visible for us so that we don't lose sight of what God is truly like. Because if without the Spirit, maybe we'd lose sight. We could say, well, God is the warrior who is going to, you know, kill all the enemies. No, Jesus came to show us something different. And the Spirit is always making visible Jesus Christ and His mission and His ministry. So we share communion every week so we don't lose sight of that. And the Holy Spirit is present in this juice, in this little wafer, every time we share this together. And in a miraculous way, we get to experience Jesus. Let's bow our heads. God, I just thank you so much for this time we get to spend together. Lord, we're living in dire times and we need a, we need a touch of your Spirit. We need that empowerment from your Spirit. We need, Lord, the Advocate to, to walk with us and to make things plain for us and lead us into all things that are true, as Jesus said. Lord, we know Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And so, God, I pray that, Lord, you could help us to be in tune with your Holy Spirit. That we would listen to the Spirit as the Spirit keeps pointing us to Jesus. That we wouldn't lose sight of what you are all about. That we could see through the fog and the thorns and all the stuff that's there trying to choke out the power of the gospel. And that we could be resilient, that we could be fortified, and we'd be empowered to continue on, that we would not shrink back in these hard times, but these would be the moments that we're willing to dig deep and to allow you to empower us to stand strong and to rest on that firm foundation, which is you, Jesus, your death and your resurrection, your ascension, the gift of the Spirit, and that promise that you will return. Lord, we need you so much today. I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon these common this common food and drink, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh way, that we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. If you want to go ahead and get out the wafer, we can take that together. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. I invite you all to stand as we sing a closing song together.
today. Um, if uh, God was speaking to you in some way throughout our service this morning, I encourage you to try to hold on to that the best you can. You know, often our brains can remember 
the really negative things really well, but the good things, uh, they kind of fall out of our brains uh, pretty quickly. And so we got to do extra work to remember them, to reflect on them, talk about them with folks, pray on it, journal, whatever you need to do um, so that we continue to grow and learn um, and we wrestle with this stuff as we continue on in our week. Um, If y'all could prepare your hearts for the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.